Good morning and welcome to the Solving Wildfire podcast. This is a highly abbreviated Flashpoint edition. I'm your host, Brian Gardner. Today we have Ziv Marom joining us, CEO of Kaizen Aerospace, developing and operating heavy lift drones. They've been engaged in a wide variety of projects, including the Navy, NASA, DOD, Google, Verizon, John Deere, and somehow the list keeps going on. They've done demonstration work with fire crews on prescribed burn before the pandemic and are looking to join or build the right team of fire experienced professionals to get more deeply into the wildfire space. This being a flashpoint, we'll jump straight in. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. My name is Ziv Marom. I'm founder and CEO of Kaizen Aerospace. We started background both from creative and technology. I used to be more in the film industry. I did a lot of cinema work with a camera and, and real helicopters. And then we basically took the drones and put the cameras on them. And then that's how I started building the largest scale drones that can basically carry large cinema cameras. So we did a lot of movies, a lot of motion graphics and visual effects. And then I noticed that the same technology is really good for other applications like search and rescue and different industrial uh, cargo, for example, uh, inspection and different uh, industrial applications. And my focus was more towards search and rescue because we can carry heavy payloads from carrying things to drop and even carrying a person. Basically replacing helicopters in some of these applications. Give us a sense of the size of drones, both in the lift capacity and how big they are. We have five main sizes. The smallest one is basically to fly a sensor. We can fly from half an hour to one hour on battery, all the way to five hours using our hybrid. Our largest drone right now can lift 500 pounds, and we're actually working now on a drone that can lift 1,000 pounds. Now, as far as the flight time, with the maximum payload can be maybe between 20 to maybe 30 minutes, depends on the environment and the characteristic of the flight and weather. We started getting requests to build a drone that can lift more and more payloads, but we didn't want to just build a large, bigger and bigger drone. We might as well use a helicopter in that case. So what we did is we designed a drone that can be still foldable and can still fit it in your standard size SUV and still go to a hard-to-get locations. It's much quicker to deploy for quick search and rescue missions. With our smaller drones for now, we have a hybrid system that we develop, and then we can fly for up to five hours with, let's say, five to 10 pounds payload. And then if we go to, let's say, 20 or 30 pounds, we can fly for a couple of hours. Our larger drone can fly between 100 to 500 pounds payload. And now we're working, like I said, on a 1,000 payloads for special missions. We can either fully autonomous fly from one point to another and deliver a payload or pick up a payload. We work also on autonomous flight that you can release the payload from the air, maybe different application for between vessels. So there's a few different type of payloads that we can use, depends on the mission. If you get to a location and there's somebody stuck on a cliff and basically we need to either deliver some medical equipment to them or even lift them and pull them back, there will be someone that actually flying it manually. If it's an area that you know exactly the mission, you can do it autonomously. So there is a GPS, there, there are sensors, so you can fully automate a path to fly. If you need to scan an area, for example, you can fly for five hours and scan the area to see if there's any either survivor or if you're looking for something specific. Or if we work with fire departments, sometimes we even fly just as in standard area just to see if there are hot spots in the area with some sensors that are on the drone. And then once we discover where the hotspot is, we can drop retardant on that area or bring another drone to drop a lot more um, material on that area. 
So you can have an automated mission. And then when you find something interesting, flip a switch and the human takes over from there. Correct. Yeah. Search and rescue and working with fire departments, what's the scope of missions you've actually engaged in or executed? With a couple of interesting ones, we sent a team to the volcano in Hawaii. It was actually a project with Google, and we basically mapped the area to see what the damage was. And then we did the same, similar also with Google in Florida after the hurricane. We had another mission with the Department of Volunteer during fire. So they want us to fly the drone with a heat sensor. We could detect the gas from the fire and there were people on the ground. And then through that, the team on the ground could tell them where to go. So basically there's some gas that is very toxic. So you can't see it in real life, but you can see it through the sensor. We did more testing with Cal Fire here in California, and basically it was the same thing. Mapping an area, look for hotspots, and then dropping a retardant on it from that same drone. One of the issues that we had from FEMA and from the counties is the permits and regulatory that they didn't really allow us to fly in that particular time. I think the main thing is that they afraid if something happened, they would be responsible for allowing us to do that. So I think that there's still some work to work with them there, but I'm sure it's going to get there. We've got a handful of fire experiences out there. What were your relationships that opened these up? Yeah. So that was actually through an exercise with the police department, the fire department, Cal Fire, and some search and rescue. It was actually a gathering of a few different companies that wanted to show the technology. But then, like I said, when it came to actual time, they didn't allow us to do that. I mean, we did everything in the test. Everything was great. And we have some really nice results from that. We did a secured fire and we actually predict and simulate how we can do all of that. And that was right before the pandemic. So hopefully by now, they will allow us to do more tests and we're hoping to show more of our capabilities, especially with our heavier payloads. We had a project through Verizon for having network after a disaster. And they were saying that they prefer to have a drone in the air as long as possible, even a few hours, but they cannot have it up and down all the time because that airspace is for helicopters that are using it. So we can up with a tether solution and then we can have just one tether tether drone to the ground, and then the drone gets the power from the ground. And this way, you don't need to climb up and down every time. So it's basically like a standard pole. So that's another solution that we can provide. Usually when they come, they have AT&T or when they do network, they come with a truck with a large antenna goes up. So we can eliminate that and go even higher. The uptake of solutions by the agency leaders who have the authority, the power to say, yes, we are going to buy this service. Why haven't these solutions been uptaken yet? Still lack of testing. I wouldn't go to an actual mission before testing the technology properly. And to test it, it's actually do it in a tough environment. So I think what we need to do is more actual tests in a secured fire environment and basically do it 100 times, 1,000 times under some stress and pressure and make sure that it works until there's more reliability or basically more trust of this technology. One thing I know that is private companies in some areas, I know that in LA, some neighborhoods hire their own security or their own small firefighters groups, and then there's more option actually to do stuff over there with our technology. So it's basically just to get the airspace, and then you can do that. Kaizen Aero does a lot of stuff other than wildfire. What is your attention? What's that going into? And what are you looking for building this wildfire arm of mm -hmm. your existing company? 
Yeah. Like you said, our company is not focused on firefighting. We built a technology for the platform for a few different applications. Our main application right now is more cargo and logistics. We do a lot of work with oil and gas. We do a lot of with the power line inspection. We have different drones for different missions. We don't really build human flying drones, but we can deliver that cargo. So for search and rescue, we can do that for small 10 minutes flying from here to there or between islands, or if somebody's stuck on a cliff, we can definitely do that for a human. Have you actually lifted a human in any of your drones? So we did, a, we did in Thailand an actual demonstration of search and rescue because they have a lot of floods there. And what happened is people go up to the roof of their houses and basically waiting for the water to come down or somebody to come and rescue. So we actually did a test with medical equipment and also have a stretch on the drone and flying a person back. But we only use the mannequin, a person size and weight mannequin. But we are planning to do a couple of exercises here with the Navy to deliver a person or rescue a person from the water into a ship. So we're just working on that now. We're going we're gonna to hopefully have it in the second quarter of this year. What's your game plan for getting into wildfire faster than you have? <laughs> I think the right way is basically to work together with a few different companies and basically create a complete solution because just flying a drone, which is great, just a tool, right? There's a lot of other things that if we combine the technology, it would be much more solid. My background is not, I worked with search and rescue in, in the military and here, but it's not really my background. So I would love to have somebody that would lead with their experience or a team that would lead and basically we can provide our technology. We work with agriculture, for example. We did a really big demonstration with John Deere, for example, on spraying drones and everything. So this is not my background. My background is more the technology. And uh, But to partner up with someone like John Deere, it's great. So same here, if a world expert or somebody that has a lot of experience that will basically tell us what they need, and then we will know how to build it for them. You come from outside the U.S. You've done a lot of work outside the U.S., what is your view on regulatory hurdles and operational development that's succeeding in America versus that succeeding first outside of the U.S.? That's a good point because I'm from Israel. I grew up in Israel. I lived in England for a few years as well and then moved to New York. In Israel, regulatory there is very similar to here. Sometimes it's actually harder to get approval to fly a drone over there, especially for this type of missions. On the other hand, in Thailand, we did a demonstration with the military there and with the prime minister. Once they said, okay, there wasn't really any permission we had to go through or to wait three months, they can just say, okay, and we do it. We did some tests in Mexico as well for oil and gas and basically heavy lifting. And all we needed, the local police to say, okay, and it was okay. But I just hope that here, I know that they're trying to get more and more permits and, uh, you know, through the FAA to fly heavier payload. And that it will open more opportunities for heavier drones, heavier cargo drones to show the capabilities and to start working together. What are the hurdles to establishing a team, making that plan A, that we are going to develop this first in Mexico or Thailand or fill in the blank where the relationship can be made and they want to put their mark on the world of this is where wildfire technology was developed. What are the hurdles to doing that? Yeah, well, I mean... We develop things here and we build it here. We can actually go and fly and test it in a different country, right? Once we get approval there. It shouldn't be just a phone call of the guy that's in charge to say, okay, it obviously needs to be safe and secured and planned and not just, you know, oh, okay, I just go and fly. Definitely not. I mean, it needs to be a secured area. There are ways to do it properly and safe. I know 
we work on a few DODs with drones for heavy payloads. And once that area is covered, we can technically do whatever we want because it's a safe area and it's a military zone. So I think that would be maybe the right way to do it here in the United States, basically work maybe with the military or with the government on that. And I think they're actually looking for that. It was fun. Even at SpaceX, there was still the spectrum of people that wanted to play by the rules and people that just wanted to give a middle finger to the rules just because exactly, maybe yeah. could get away with it. Yeah. Well, there are ways to kind of like, for example, we did a really big project with NASA and we were lifting 650 pounds in the air for 500 meters. And it took us, I think, about uh, two or three months to get the, the permits to do that. Uh, of course, we had to go through everything. It has to be everything U.S. made. And it was successful. We got a permit to fly over 400 feet, over 55 pounds, because we have 650 pounds in the air. Um, so we could theoretically go to do it in a different country. But instead, we actually went through the right way. It obviously took us longer, which is fine. But we did get the permits with NASA, with the Navy. So there are ways to do it. Work by the rule, make the rule happen in a legal way. Let's say you found a collection of fire chiefs and we know we're going to play by the rules. What would you see as the low-hanging fruit, the first service that you could provide? And what would you need in terms of resources? What would you need to go get this season? Yeah. So in a perfect world, I would love to have a team that focus specifically on that. Our team are great, of course, but they work on a few other things and focus more on the platform itself. What I would love to have is to build a team that focus on the solution and then bring the technology of what they need. For example, if there's people that already know how to deal with fire, how to deal with the regulatory, how to deal with all the permits and everything, we need to work with the team on the ground to know what they're looking for and they know how to work with us. So basically, it's a lot of training together, I think. So in a perfect world, we will have a team that's dedicated for that with experienced firefighters and just go and test and show and prove that we can do the job and do it in a secure and safe location first and basically train with actual fire department to basically be part of their team. That concludes our flashpoints with Ziv Marom leading Kaizen Aerospace, a diversely experienced team with heavy lift and long endurance drone capability, both for automated and manually piloted missions. Their expertise is in the drone technology, and they've demonstrated their ability to work well with area experts, including some firefighting already. You can find more on their website at kaizen.aero, K-A-I-Z-E-N dot A-E-R-O. Thanks for listening. <laughs>